When pirates ruled the airwaves, Three Valleys Radio takes you back to the early 60s to the radio revolution that took place then out in the North Sea. Over the coming weeks, we shall be bringing you the sounds of Radio Caroline, Radio London, Radio North Sea, Swing and Radio England, and many more. So together, let's keep the radio revolution alive here on Three Valleys Radio. another edition of When Pirates Rule the Airwaves. And this afternoon we're going to concentrate on Radio City. And in particular, one of their chief DJs, Mr. Tom Edwards. After a bit of defective work, I've managed to track down Tom, and Tom very kindly has done an in-conversation with me. And we'll be featuring that on the show. We also got an hour on Radio City. So sit down and enjoy yourself and take yourself back to 1966. Seems a long time ago, doesn't it? And you can hear about some of the hairy tales that Tom's got to tell us now, like uh, getting loaded up onto the uh, pallet to take him up to Radio City's uh, towers up in the North Sea. A normal swing up, that was a bit dodgy. Anyway, sit back and enjoy because we've got now in conversation with Tom Edwards. Well, good evening and welcome to this week's edition of In Conversation. And uh, my guest tonight is a broadcaster, but he's also a pirate. And as a pirate, that's what we're talking to him about. It's none other than Tom Edwards. Hello, Tom. Hello, Adrian. I, I should say really ooh-ah, hearty. But, uh, <laughs> those are memories of uh, many years ago, some 50-odd years ago. I played my, made my first appearance on Pirate Radio 57 years, somebody reminded me the other day. I can't believe it. It's frightening, isn't it? It really is frightening. And, uh, but it's, it's all come about because I've got a, an absolute deluge of, of recordings of old Pirate Station stuff from a, a guy in Los Angeles, and um, you were a part of it. So that's kind of how it all got started, really. I, I got in touch with, with uh, Keith Hampshire, and he finally, he, he very kindly gave me your details and here we are today but um i know you, you were born in, in not what you know but who you know in uh, life, that's actually. it yeah, I'm yeah always... and i'm pleased that Go on, a lot of the people like the guy over in uh, los angeles where i lived in the late 1980s 
Uh, I'm pleased that people like that keep the memories alive, which I think they will be for a long time to come. Yeah, uh, that heartens me. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's got he's got literally, and he's given me permission to broadcast them. Literally, hundreds and hundreds of of all of them, and it's not just Radio Caroline and Radio London. It's it's Radio City, to mention one. It's three seven three seven zero. It's oh no, two seven zero, wasn't it? Um, two seven zero. Yeah. Yeah, Screaming Lord Touch. We'll mention him in a bit. Um, it's it's everybody. It's fantastic. So that's kind of why we've got started and broadcasting this program called uh, When Pirates Rule the Airways, which is. Uh, which is where your interview is going to be. Well, Tom, you were, you were born in 1945 uh, up in Norwich. What, what exactly um, in your youth attracted you to broadcasting? Because presumably you, you sort of got the bug, um, you know, when you're at school, maybe? I had no ideas of being a broadcaster whatsoever, uh, Adrian. I, at one point, I had the ambition to be a dentist. <laughs> but then my mother, God bless her, said to me, you'll be staring at inside people's mouths for the rest of your career. So that put me off. Yeah. And then I went into the family business, um, which was wholesale grocery. After day one, um, I knew I wasn't going to be uh, of any help to them whatsoever. So I, I just walked out of the business after about a year. Yeah. And I got a job as a Pontins blue coat right, over yeah. at their Pakefield camp in near Lowestoft, which is still open. Yeah. And um, they had a tannoy system there called Radio Pontin. All the chalets for the happy campers had um, speakers and also speakers in the main areas. And one day I suddenly heard this station, which nobody could identify, which turned out to be Radio Caroline. And the more I heard of Caroline, the more I loved it. Mm. And then Radio London started up and Radio City and Radio 3 Nano. So you've got all of these pirate stations around the coastline of the UK. I must remember to mention Radio 270, Radio Scotland, and Radio Caroline North off the Isle of Man. And Radio and the more Such, I listened don't to forget Radio Such. And Radio Such, of course, which became Radio City. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, he sort of founded the uh, Shivering Sands broadcast with, uh, with Reg Calvert. Yeah. And the more I heard these guys... Um, I sent tapes of my Radio Pontin shows to all of the radio stations. And the only person who replied to me saying, I like very much, Tom, what I'm hearing, and come down and uh, work for us out, um, miles out to sea on the towers, which still stand to this day, try you out for a weekend. That weekend turned out to be a long two years. Was the good, the bad, and the ugly in my time at Radio City. Yeah, yeah, two years. So well, it's interesting yeah. because, as I mentioned to you earlier, I've I've spoken with Keith Hampshire, who was uh, was he with you on Caroline or at the time were you there together? Yes, we were. Um, when Radio City had to close down, um, I went home to Mum in Norwich with no prospects whatsoever, and uh, Dorothy Calvert, who was Reg Calvert's widow, promised us all, "I'll try and get you some work, guys, elsewhere." That, that lovely lady um, was true to her word. Within days of being home with Mum in Norwich, um, Radio Caroline got in touch, and I was getting on a fast train to Ipswich, then a bus to um, Felixstowe Docks to uh, catch uh, Offshore One out to the Caroline ship. Mm. That's where I first met Keith Hampshire. Yeah. Well, let's just go back a minute to your, your two years at Radio City, because that one in particular interests me, um, in so much as uh, it's not a boat, it's, a, it's an old wartime uh, defence-type, Fort, I suppose you'd call it. Um, 
you know, what was it like? Can you can you take me back to the very first day? You know, when you you went out there on, on and you say it was a two year stint eventually, but you know, what, what were you thinking when you were on the boat and going out there? And, I mean, it, I thought it was going to be exciting, hmm. but then when I saw the towers looming in front of me, which looked in bad shape then, as I say, they're still standing. They were still standing, and I thought, how the hell do I get up there? Yeah. And I was soon to find out because this winch on a pallet was um, let down with just a piece of rope dangling in the middle. And I had to jump on this pallet and literally be hoisted 90 feet up onto the arrivals platform. <laughs> to this day, I can't swim. <laughs> and um, I had a quick look around the studio, the sleeping accommodation, and it was pretty basic. I'm being polite there. Mm. And Ridge was uh, with me, but because the tide was turning, uh, our guy on Harvester 1, Harvester 2 rather, Freddie Downs, um, said the tide is turning, the weather's getting bad, I need to get back to Whitstable Harbour ASAP. And at that moment, it was a split-second decision. I thought, I'm not sure I can hack this kind of life. Yeah. And I nearly went back with Reg that day. Yeah. But I stayed, yeah. and the rest is history. Yeah, I can't, I can't really imagine... You know, well, first of all, I mean, getting off a boat onto a pallet and getting hoisted up sounds hairy enough as it is. But when you got there, I mean, just can you can you paint a picture for us? What was it like? Um, it was awesome. In fact, there is a picture somewhere on the Internet. I've got a copy of it um, here at home. There is a picture of me being hoisted up those 90 feet by yeah. somebody still on the boat who didn't bother to come onto the towers, wise person. Yeah. Um, and I got used to it, and uh, within about 20 minutes of my arrival, Ridge put me on the air with no warning. Um, the panel was not as good as the panel I had on Radio Pontin in Lowestoft. Yeah. Um, and I really, after those first few minutes of playing the first record, I can't remember what that first record was, um, but I took to it like a, a duck to water. And um, I seemed to get on very well with the rest of the crew, um, Red said that's fine, and then about two days later, Freddie Downs came back on Harvester Two, um, telling me Reg says you've got the job, <laughs> um, and uh, eventually Reg and I got very friendly. I thought the world of him and his family, and um, he made me senior DJ. Um, I never never laid down the door when I was uh, the law, rather when I was a uh, senior DJ. Um, but I just made sure that everybody, you know, kept fit and clean, got enough sleep. Mm. Um, I remember spending um, a Christmas, complete Christmas out there with one engineer and another disc jockey. We did long hours yeah. from six in the morning till midnight. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, was there heating there? Was there was there carpet on the floor? I mean, th those sort of things. Oh, there was carpet on the floor. Um, and also uh, the engineers who were very good at their job not only fixed up the transmitter, which sometimes blew up, um, they got the old wartime heating system uh, going, oh, full right. blast. So it was snug as a bug in a rug. The only trouble was when there was a Force 10 gale or Storm Force 12, the towers used to sway and shake a bit like a helicopter's wings or uh, aircraft's wings, which wobble, which shows that you're safe up there. Yeah. I'm amazed that Guy Monsell's uh, Shivering Sands Towers still stand, which they do on um, the uh, Red Sands. Yeah. 
But but imagine that if you were up, you know, if, if you were on a boat, what would you have felt like with you know with those sort of conditions? I mean, it must have been surely a lot better being on a, on a tower than a boat in those conditions. Uh, to be honest, I don't have to toss a coin on this one. When I joined two years later, the guys on board Radio Caroline South, the Mi Amigo ship, yeah. it was sheer luxury. Was it? Um, again, uh, the boat was on a swivel anchor, which meant in stormy weather, um, the bows of the ship used to dip up and down, and my stomach used to go up and down. And sometimes if Tommy Vance, a fellow DJ, was smoking his um, cigars, I had to race to go out on deck and... Mm and be quite ill. Yeah. Um, but it was an exciting adventure. And the thing that really spurred me on was the amount of mail we got, not only on Radio City, but, of course, on Radio Caroline. Yeah. Well, would you like to play one of your musical selections, Tom, for us? Well, we've talked about uh, Radio City, Adrian, thank you, and we've talked about Radio Caroline. Um, for 57 years, thereabouts, I've used a number by Charlie Barnett called Skyliner. I used to use the Burke Camphat version, but then I heard one by the Mitch Murray clan, uh, which I think is on the clan label. Uh, I've forgotten it. But um, for my 60th birthday, my former boss at BBC Radio Norfolk, David Clayton, gave me a lovely autographed um, copy of Skyliner, original one from Mitch Murray himself, who rang me up that night on my 60th birthday from the Isle of Man, which is his home. So that is a collector's item now. Um, so I'd love to hear Skyliner and uh, the Mitch Murray clan, if you please, sir. Thank you very much. Coming up.
Okay, well, that was uh, the Mitch Murray clan, was it you called them, and Skyliner. Yes, indeed. Yeah, okay, well, that was a good one to start with. And I'm pleased to say, Adrian, um, that David Clayton, who I've just mentioned on his Sunday night show um, from Radio Norfolk, is using Skyliner as a backing track. So I feel quite honoured by that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. David is a good friend of mine, yeah. Good, yeah. Um, so, OK, so we're back to Radio City a minute. So you're up there on this, this tower. I mean, there was were the studios, for example, in a separate tower to the sleeping accommodation? And, and what about cooking and, and food? How did you get, feed yourselves over there? Well, obviously, Harvester 2 came out, again, with Freddie Downs. Um with all of our supplies, uh, the studio and the transmitting equipment were in a separate tower from where the sleeping quarters were. And these towers were built in the 1940s as anti-aircraft gun towers. Um, 400 soldiers lived on these towers. That's a yeah. lot of people. Yeah. Um, and I used to sleep in an old soldier's um, steel bunk. Um, thinking, you know, the memories in this uh, area I was in must be unbelievable. Mm. Um, but the the catwalks, which connected the two um, towers, there were four or five towers, I think. One of them got knocked down and some people were killed in the 1950s, unfortunately. Um, but uh, a catwalk was built by our engineer friends, um, and it was built of steel wire and planks of wood, etc. And as I walked along... The thing in very heavy weather would bounce up and down, and 90 feet below me is the uh, is the swirling ocean. Yeah. So again, I I like to think I was dicing with death, um, and I used to be terrified. But just the buzz of broadcasting uh, was um, was spurring me on all the time. But I must admit, I mean, you know, I can only I can only imagine not having uh, my last adventure with the sea was going down to Padstow and going out on a boat in Padstow Harbour. And, and throwing up because it was so it was so so what it must be like in the north sea i really cannot imagine but the, i can understand the hype and you know i mean i was 17 i suppose 16 17 when caroline was broadcasting and well all the pirates were broadcasting and i loved it and i, I worked in a little village um i was working for a have you ever come across haynes motor motor uh, manuals on your travels no. Well, no. anyway, I, I was printing these manuals, and I had a car, a little mini, that uh, the the radio in it was was fantastic at picking up the pirates. I don't know what was so special about it, but it was. So I used to park my car right outside the the, the works, run a, a, a wire in with a loudspeaker, you know, not a loudspeaker, a, a, yeah, a loudspeaker on it, and um, I could listen to the pirates all day long to my heart's content whilst I was working. So. Uh, you know, I, I can understand the the buzz that because I mean I know the buzz it gave me, so it must have been you were actually part of it. It must have been fantastic, I should think. Yes, it was exciting. Um, and sort of when Reg gave me the the senior job on board the station, um, I did a lot of heart thinking. I we didn't have a playlist as such. Reg had some pop groups under because he was also a, an agent um, from Tin Pan Alley. The Radio City officers were in Denmark Street in London. Yeah. Um, so if the folk tunes, which we're going to play at some point today, I hope, Adrian, mm -hmm. um, and also Pinkett and Sorted Colours, um, were Reg's um, artists. So, of course, the edict was that they would be played, and they were. We didn't have a playlist. We left it more or less very, very open-ended. What we did do every night at 5 o'clock was have a show called the 5x4 show, which was nothing but Beatles and Stones records. 
And that proved to be one of the most popular shows ever on Pirate Radio because we got hundreds and hundreds of uh, postcards and letters of people just requesting their favorite Stone or Beatle records. Mm. Um, so I never insisted that certain records should be played. Um, we had one or two rules. I decided to give the, um, the station more clout. We should have a new service on the hour. I'm a stickler for time. I've, I've always been a stickler for time, even today. Um, so I got a proper battery studio clock put into the studio, thanks to the London office. And then I used to tape the BBC old light program, the home service, the world service of the BBC, or their news bulletins. I'd rephrase their news stories, um, rejig them. And hey, presto, we had a four or five minute news bulletin every hour on the hour, mm. which of course is what all the pirates did. Radio London did it, Radio Caroline did it, and I did it. Yeah. And it's strange to think that I ended up at the BBC reading the news in a very legitimate manner. <laughs> <laughs> but um, where did you get all... Because, I mean, you know, if you're doing it today, you'd have Spotify, you'd have a computer, um, and it's dead easy finding any any music, I've found. But in those days, of course, you had to get the records. And, I mean, you know, stuck out in the North yes, Sea, you had to rely yeah. on them coming to you. So how did you... How did you build up, I mean, you know, your, your library? Because presumably when you got there, there was some sort of a library already there, was there, records? Oh, there was. When I got there, there was quite a significant library. But this was the swinging 60s, and the record companies and the record pluggers would go wild, especially with the, uh, with the pirates. And um, we were sent loads of records on every boat trip. Freddie Downs was always laden down with new releases. I would sit at some point during the week with my fellow DJs and the other crew saying, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? Mm, yeah. um, and that brings me to an instant um, when I got a rough acetate copy um, of a disc that a certain man had just brought out. And I played it. And the look on the faces of my fellow DJs said, oh, no, we, we, we can't play this. I said, I promise you, this is going to go to number one. I've been a great fan of this man. Um, for decades, I saw him live twice in London at the Royal Albert Hall and the Royal Festival. And that was Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Again, alas, no longer with us. But he brought out a record called Strangers in the Night. Yeah. And uh, I still enjoy listening it to this day. And I was proved right on Radio City because uh, Frank zoomed right up to number one in the UK charts. So I'd love to hear him again. Well, sounds like a good cue to play him. So we will. Strangers in the night Exchanging glances Wandering in the night What were the chances We'd be sharing love Before the night was through Something in your eyes Was so inviting Something in your smile was so exciting something in my heart told me i must have you strangers in the night two lonely people we were strangers in the night up to the moment when we said our first hello little did we know 
Love was just a glance away, a warm embracing dance away, and ever since that night, we've been together, lovers at first sight. In love forever, it turned out so right for strangers in the night. Just a glance away, a warm embracing dance away. Ever since that night, we've been together, lovers at first sight. In love forever, it turned out so right for strangers in the night. It surprised me that people in those days didn't didn't or couldn't see his potential because was he not an actor by that particular point in time? What Frank Sinatra? Yeah. Oh God, yes. He um, he did lots of movies. I mean, he won an Oscar. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of the movie, but no, Frank Sinatra was was quite um, well known in the uh, in the acting world. I mean, he turned his talents to more or less everything. But, of course, his, his voice was unmistakable. But he's very good in some of the movies. I'm trying to think of the one where he played um, a soldier, and he really wanted this role um, and played the studios to give it to him, which they did, and he won an Oscar for it. Was that I can't pull the title of the movie out of my Bob, head at the moment. Bob yeah. Ryan's Express, possibly? No, it wasn't. Uh, um, that's the only one I can think of, but I'm sure there's loads of others, but... Uh... As you say, but um, no, you know, it's it's just. I mean, being being Frank Sinatra, I thought uh, even even then, I would have thought that you know your fellow DJs would have re recognised the potential of of the song and who he was, but obviously not. You were the only ones. No, they, they just put on long faces, and I said, please play it. I said because I know I'm right, and of course I I was got a bit big headed as soon as it shot to number one, within a week of its release, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, when it came to the off time, when you were, you weren't actually performing on the radio, what um, what did you do with your time out there? Because it must have been a bit boring, wasn't it? I mean, how long a day, you know, how long would you, each programme be? Would it be every day? It, it varied. The 5 by 4 show I just mentioned was only 30 minutes. Um, uh, yes, it was a busy day. Um, I was especially pleased if we had three or four DJs on, but sometimes because of weather conditions or if somebody wasn't well, it sometimes came down to, uh, to two DJs. And I think at one point I was the only DJ um, and one of the engineers, Phil Perkins, did some of the shows. Yeah. Um, it might have sounded a bit amateurs, but, um, but you know, judging by the mail we got was wonderful and what was a great joy to me when I was ready for some shore leave I get onto Harvester 2, being lowered 90 feet onto uh, Freddie's boat, back into Whistable Harbour. And there would be a few people who were great fans of the station who would greet us and meeting them for the first time was quite an experience. Lovely people. So, so bearing in mind that the, the, the um, experience of the first time you were um, hoisted aboard 
as it were. Um, did the fact that you then had to do it on a regular basis, was that sort of a, a hairy moment? Did that worry you? It terrified me, and I've got to be totally honest with you, Adrian. Even today, in my day-to-day -day running of my life here, um, I have flashbacks to that time, and I thought, I must have been mad. Yeah. But at seven, I mean, I'm dicing with death here. There was no health and safety in those years. No, no. And also two or three people... Um, from a nearby station were drowned and they were never found. Really? Um, and how I got through it, and my poor old mother gave her gray hairs, I think, and nearly a nervous breakdown. She was absolutely terrified for her son. Um, but I got through it. Um, I'm very pleased we did. Um, unfortunately, we lose quite a few of our numbers. So, I mean, how many times do you reckon you went up and down on this uh, contraption? Oh, God, I should think, well, it would be at least twice in a month. So I was out there for 24 months, so that's, that's quite a lot of trips. Yeah, 48. It, it, still freaks me out. it still freaks me out when I think of it, yeah. I mean, if you had had the misfortune to fall off, was there anybody around who could have dived in and, and helped you? Because if you couldn't swim... Maybe, maybe, but the uh, the swirl um, of the wash, which we're in the middle of, the wash leads out, of course, the Thames Estuary uh, leads out into the ocean. Um, we were right in the middle of shipping lanes as well. Um, the swell was very, very swift, especially when the tide started to turn, which it did with no warning at all. Yeah. In fact, last year, I saw a news story where some really silly boys from Essex got into a dinghy, went out to Shivering Sand um, and got onto the lower platform um, thinking, oh, we've made it. They tied their tie rope around one of the uh, tower's legs, but not securely. The dinghy then started to drift away. Mm. One of the guys stove into the uh, ocean to try and get it back. He couldn't brought back. Fortunately for them, they had a very low signal on their mobile, and the RNLI um, saved their lives because they would have been stranded out there forever. They would have died out there, yeah. which we would have done if, we, if Freddie Downs went sick on Harvester One. What would happen? Mm. Um, you know, it would have to be a helicopter job. But remember, no internet and no mobile phones in those days. Mm. We had no um, ship-to-shore contact whatsoever. Um, and if you were in really trouble, this brings us to our next record, actually, Adrian. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, Reg, it's Reg Calvert's um, group, The Fortunes. And this was our distress signal. If um, our London office heard us playing You've Got Your Troubles, they knew we, out miles out to sea on the towers, were in trouble and something had to be done. Unfortunately, a triac disc jockey who didn't last more than a couple of days because I got rid of him, he played You've Got Your Troubles by mistake and he was never seen or heard <laughs> of again. So I'd love to hear the fortunes, Richard's fabulous group, a big hit record for them and our distress single of all those years ago.
But um, one one sort of sad moment in the story, as far as Radio City was concerned, was the fact that your your leader uh, was was killed. Uh, I mean, you said uh, off air that that you you were with him earlier that evening. I mean, that must have come as a tremendous shock for everybody. Yes, I was. I mean, by this time, which was round about, I joined City in 1965. This would have been round about 1966, as it was. Um, I'm stirring my memory box here for you, Adrian. Good man. there were moves that Radio London possibly um, was going to take us over and we'd be renamed um, UKGM, United Kingdom Good Music. Radio City would lose its identity in Bajai. And I didn't think that uh, I would fit into that thing with a sweet music station. Mm. And then we heard that Radio Caroline wanted to take us over. So a man called Major Oliver Smedley, who had invested, he said, £10,000 in a transmitter, um, which we had on the station. It fell in the sea, and it just didn't work. Um, And Smedley asked Calvert for the money for his transmitter. And Calvert Calvert refused. Um, Once those um, hatches were down on the towers, nobody could get to us. You know, they were wartime fortresses, for goodness sake. What? 
we weren't prepared for that fateful night one evening in 66 I can't remember the exact date um, I was with Reg at his London home with his wife and family um, he was um, not a happy man because the station had been raided by some very rough people off the docks at Gravesend they got into a tug through grappling hook raided the station while the crew were asleep at night took the crystal out of the transmitter and um, took the station off the air so basically we're holding um, Radio City and its staff on board the station uh, to ransom. Mm. Uh, and Reg was furious when he heard about this because the news got out. It was the front page news for days and days. Reg roared up to see Smedley uh, and a heated argument ensued. And um, unfortunately, Smedley, presuming fearing for his own safety, um, picked up a 12-ball shotgun and uh, blew Reg Calvert away. Um, I was not prepared for that news. I had the police at my door and my home that I had in Whitstable yeah. at the time to enable me to get through uh, to Radio City quite easily. Um, and maybe I did one of the bravest things I've ever done in my life. I went with the police again on Harvester 2 with Freddie Downs, policeman. Uh, Detective Inspector Gordon Brown, I always remember him. <laughs> and I went out with the police to meet these um, these raiders. And the leader of them, a man called Big Alf Bullen, saw me arrive, was told who I was, and he held out his hand and said, I'm sorry, Tom, none of us wanted anybody to get killed. Yeah. Um, after quite a few days, the, the, these guys, you know, were, were armed with, um, with firearms, um, and if we were asleep, they'd walk into our dormitory where we were slept, sleeping um, with a torch in our faces. I mean, it scared me to death. Um, but eventually, Ian McRae, who's a disc jockey friend of mine from Radio City and Radio Canada, still alive and well in Australia, um, he shouted one night so loudly and said, Tom, they've gone. They've gone, and they had. Mm. Um, and we tried to get on the, st the station back on the air as quickly as possible which we did, much to everybody's relief. But this, of course, had a knock-on effect with a high court court case against Smedley um, and the killing of Reg Calvert. The government it gave them the impetus to fast-forward the Marine Offences Bill. Yeah. So this was the beginning of the end of Pirate Radio. I could see it coming in the distance. So was it the end as far as your love affair with Radio City was concerned? No, Dorothy Carver will go back to Dorothy, bless her. Um, you know, she more or less stated, um, I remember seeing on the ITN news when we watched her on TV out at sea, and she said, I will carry on as long as I can, and she did. And also, a tough boss with me, she used to send me very, very stern memos if I'd done something wrong or something she didn't like. Yeah. But I thought the world of her, as we all did. And... Um, Eventually, she was taken to court in early 1967, I think it was, around about February time. Um, and remember, no mobile phones in those days. So Freddie Downs came out unexpected with a letter for me from Dorothy, which was sealed. And I opened it in front of all of my fellow uh, colleagues on Radio City. And it said, Tom, the station has to close down at midnight tonight. Mm. So I had to do some quick thinking. What are we going to do? How are we going to cope with this? And there are still tapes of that final program. I just got everybody in to talk about what had happened, the awful death of Reg, um, what our views were as young men for what life we wanted yeah. in the years to come. I was 22. Most of my colleagues were about the same age. Mm. I was just 22. 
Um, and to uh, to close down Radio City for the last time at midnight, I played Shirley Bass's The Party's Over. Yeah. Um, and uh, it broke my heart. I stayed on the uh, towers for a few more days. And then when I left my boat back to my home in Whitstable, I thought, that's it. I never look back. I never look back at the towers. Mm. My mother taught me this and my grandmother. Never look back on something you're leaving. Yeah. It's a big mistake. But in today's world, they do regular um, steamer trips out to Radio City. What was Radio City, the Shivering Sands Towers still stand. Yeah. I would love to go out on that trip. It goes from Tower Bridge on an old paddle steamer, and it cruises around all the towers. I would love to do that one day before I meet my maker. Yeah. yeah. And then I went home to Mum in Norwich. I packed up my apartment in, um, in Whitstable. And within a few days, Radio Caroline rang me up and said, right, we'd like you on the ship straight away because disc jockeys were leaving because, again, the Marine Offences Bill was gathering momentum. Mm. If you were caught working for pirate radio, it, you faced a penalty of two years in prison, a heavy-duty fine, or both. And I thought, is it really worth it? But I went out to Caroline for seven months, yeah. yeah. And, well, talking of Caroline then, so, I mean, first of all, who was on, on Caroline when you got out there? Um, I went out on the tender. Um, it was easy-peasy and far easier for me to get to Radio Caroline than it was on Radio City. I just got a train from Norwich Pop Station down to um, Ipswich Station, a bus to Felixstowe Dock, and there I met up with Tommy Van, Robbie Dale, Johnny Walker, um, and various other people. And then on Offshore One, their tender, which bore first of all to the Radio London ship, which I was fascinated to see. And then I saw the Caroline ship. And as it, it, again, it was a nightmare to get on board because the swell of the sea, I'm on this tender, hmm. which is banging up against the sides of Caroline. These big um, rubber tires protected that kind of um, activity. And I had to time it that the two decks were more or less level so I could jump and they would catch me as I reached the deck of the Mi Amigo ship. Again, very dangerous. Yeah. And again, I can't swim. And if I'd slipped and gone into the sea, I would have been crushed. Yeah. yeah. So again, dicing with death, but got on Radio Caroline. And a lot of the crew who were all Dutch and my fellow disc jockeys viewed me with a bit of suspicion because of the history I brought with them with the murder of Reg Calvert. I mean, yeah. it's one of the biggest, if you look at the newspapers in the summer of 1966, it was the biggest news story ever. Mm. Um, I've given all those cuttings, by the way, because I, I'm a great hoarder. I've given all those um, newspaper cuttings to a, a great radio anorak yeah. um, who lives not far from me, and he's so grateful for those because yeah. I, I would hate for them to be thrown away. But you can still find quite a lot of stuff on the internet, uh, Adrian. Well, I've got um, books galore here anyway on on the pirates. So yeah, uh, you know. and um, yeah, I enjoyed my time. Um, all the crew were Dutch. None of them could really speak English, so we had to use sign language. Um, but it, it it was a good atmosphere. Um, and Johnny Walker um, is still a good friend to this day. I love him and his lovely wife Tiggy. Uh, Tiggy. Um, we're both the same age. Um, I'm seventy seven, so is he. Yeah. And he's still broke. Yeah, I'm with you, Adrian. Going back to, um, well, both Caroline and, and City, uh, two individuals that you must have come across. One, I presume, was uh, Screaming Lord Such, and the other would be uh, Ronan O'Reilly, two different individuals altogether. What were they like? Did you meet Screaming Lord Such? I never met Screaming Lord Such, David Such at all. Never met mm -hmm. him. Oh, right. Okay. Never met him. I've read all about him, and he was Reg's uh, age. Uh, Reg was his agent, of course. Yeah. I never met David Such. 
Um, and Ronan I met at a Caroline reunion in London, and he hadn't got a clue who I was. I said, oh, I used to work for you. And he went, oh, yeah, nice for you, and walked on. And <laughs> um, he had no idea. So, really, there was no sort of repartee, either with such or with Ronan O'Reilly, yeah. Um, but Ronan, of course, was the man who thought up the whole concept of Jodie Caroline in 1964 yeah. in the first place. Let's have another record, shall we, um, Tom? Yeah. Um, well, obviously, I hear on the radio these days, Adrian, pieces of music music that instantly takes me back um, to what was a fun, extraordinary and very dangerous time in my life. Um, I've lived quite a dangerous life since, but nothing like those, um, those gale force winds. Yeah. But here's a number that um, really reminds me of Radio Caroline dipping up and down on that swivel anchor in a Storm Force 10. Um, and the rhythm of this record really coincides with the movement of that, uh, that big radio ship. So it's Sunny and Shares, and the beat goes on. The beat goes on. The beat goes on. Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. La da 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 dee. La da 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 da. Charleston was once the rage of History has turned a page of The miniskirt, the current thing goes on The beat goes on The drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain la da 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 dee la da 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 The grocery store The supermodel Still keep on marching off to war. Electrically, they keep a baseball score. And the beat goes on. The beat goes on. Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. Grandma's sitting chairs and reminisce. Boys keep chasing girls to get a kiss. The cars keep a going faster all the time. goes on the beat goes on 
Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. La di da di da And the beat goes on Yes, the beat goes on And the beat goes on Okay, well that was uh, Sonny and Cher, and the beat goes on, and we'll carry on talking to Tom. Um, Tom, amongst all the people that you 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 know carried on doing the job with, on on especially on Caroline, because there were people like Robbie Dale, Tommy Vance, um, uh, Dave Lee Travis. Did you work with him at all? Was he there when you were there? Yes, I, I, I'm trying to think of the DJs because it's so long ago. Um, Dave Lee Travis was on the ship on Caroline when I was there. Robbie Dale, Johnny Walker, who I've just mentioned, um, a good friend and still is. Um, you know, um, they're quite characters, though, aren't they? I mean, Johnny Walker. Yes, on... they were. Um, and also people like Steve Young and Michael Hearn. Michael Hearn was the housewife's favourite. Yeah. Unfortunately, in this day and age, and it's it's only happened to me in the past week, is because of our age and time, um, we lose one of our number. Um, and we lost John Ross Bernard, um, who has died uh, last week. Um, so if his family might be listening, and my condolences to them, but John has died. He was well-known on Britain Radio and Swinging Radio England, certainly Radio 390, I think the early days of Radio Invicta, and also, like me and many others, uh, joined the staff of the BBC. And he was a lovely man. He was a gentleman. So it's... Uh, it's sod's law that unfortunately we lose one of our number every year. Mm, yeah, it's sad. But um, you've obviously moved on now. I mean, I presume you left Caroline when the, the Marine Offences Act came in. Um, and, yes, and I, you... left, I left the ship 12 hours before the Marine Offences Bill yeah. set in. Talk about cutting things fine, Adrian. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, there were crowds at Ipswich Station to meet us. Yeah. A crowd at Thorpe Station, Norwich, where Mum came to meet me. She was so pleased to have her son back home. Yeah, um, And I said to Johnny Walker that I would go back to the ship, but I never did. And for a long time, I don't think he ever forgave me for that. We're okay with it now, because we're older and a bit more sensible. But he was not happy, because I did more or less promise him I'd go back to the ship. But it meant going by Holland with a 12-hour um, sea trip back to the ship just off the Essex coast. Yeah. And I thought, no, after two and a half years now, I've spent seven months on Caroline, two years on City, I thought, enough is enough. So when I came home to Mum in Norwich, I had no prospect, but fate was on my side. And I tapped on the door of BBC East. And can you believe it? Within three weeks, I was introducing of uh, their evening um, program called Look East at the age of 22 again. Yeah. Um, uh, similar to you probably get down in the West Country, West Today or something like that, yeah, with the local yeah. news program in the evening. Oh, and also yeah. reading the local BBC News on the Radio 4 VHF opt-out. Um, so I had quite a little career going at the BBC in Norwich. And then Radio 1 had started up, of course, in September, uh, more or less a month after the Marine Offences Bill. And I'd forgotten I'd sent Radio 1 one of my copies of my Radio Caroline shows. And the BBC in London rang me up and said, we want you to take over from Simon D, the first ever disc jockey on Pirate Radio. Yeah. We want you to take over from him. He's going um, on his midday spin. So it all clicked into place. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and, you know, you haven't looked back really from that point on, have you? 
Not really. I mean, um, life at times hasn't been a bowl of cherries. Um, I cannot believe, I said this to a lady friend of mine earlier today, how I've reached 77. The same goes with uh, Johnny Walker. Um, John's had some health issues, unfortunately, as I have. You know, we're getting older. Mm. We're, we're official golden oldies now, Adrian. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it's time to, uh, to play that last um, piece of music which I chose for you the other day. Oh, this is my song from Petula Clark. Yeah, well, should we... Should I, I, lo I love this song. It's got a beautiful intro, um, which you can talk... You can probably do the voiceover on it, Adrian. Mm. It's, <laughs> it's got a lovely intro. It's a song that was written by the one and only Charlie Chaplin. The, the trouble is... And Tom, again, when I played it... Hmm? I was going to say, the trouble is, you're labouring under the misapprehension that I'm a DJ. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I well, like... you're presented the show. Come on. Yeah. Um, I like to but think. Anyway, I am, again, but... we were going through. We were going through a similar scenario as I did with Sinatra and Strangers in the Night. Mm, yeah. Um, is when I played Petula Clark's "This Is My Song," and I, it's the most beautiful. There's a mandolin playing in the background. Yeah. On the um, backing track, um, and I've been a fan of Petula Clark's forever and a day. And she's still going strong. I believe she's going into Mary Poppins in the West End. Really? And she's in her 90s, for goodness sake. Yeah. Incredible. Well, yeah. But this is one of my favorite songs, written by the great Charlie Chaplin, who was a neighbor of Petula Clark's in, uh, in Switzerland. So this is my song, and this is my moment. Play it, please, Adrian. Will do. Is my heart so light? Why are the stars so bright? Why is the sky so blue since the hour I met you? Flowers are smiling bright, smiling for our delight, smiling so tender. eternity
Just, just finishing off then, Tom, I mean, you've lived a, a very exciting life, albeit perhaps all crammed into, what was it, two and a half years or whatever you said. Um, are there any are there any sort of standout moments, apart from the, the Reg Calvo incident, that, that, that sort of typify your time uh, on the Pirates? Um, again, uh, I don't think there's maybe a, a few days that I don't go past um, in my life way, way back, 57 years, and, and thinking as a very young man, I was 20 when I first joined Radio City, mm. and being hoisted up that 90 feet, um, I can't believe I did that, and it, it really does give me nightmares sometimes. Yeah. Um, but it's a memory so embedded in my brain, I'll never lose it, thank God. Mm. And fortunately, um, I can remember things that happened 50 or 60 years ago. If you asked me what I did this morning, I wouldn't be able to tell you. No. But that's part, part of the aging process. Yeah, quite. Um, it was a great time. I'm, I'm pleased that my shipmates, uh, they were good mates that um, I became friendly with, both on and off the air, um, those of us that are left are still very good buddies. I mean, Keith Skews, who is an encyclopedia of pirate radio, he's written the most enormous book on pirate radio. Have you got a copy of that, Adrian? I haven't got his one. No, I've, got, I've got several books by various people, but not Keith Skews, I don't think. You have to get Keith Skews' book because it weighs a ton. Right. And he's done um, a refreshed version of it quite recently. Right. Um, and Keith now lives in my home county of Norfolk, not far from my home city of Norwich. He lives on the Norfolk Broads. Yeah. But you need to speak to him because you just ask him a couple of questions and he'll, he'll take over in the reply. <laughs> Far better than me. He's also a very, he and David Clayton came to visit me for lunch um, last week, so it was yeah. a joy to see him. Well, but he's he... in his 80s now. Yeah, yeah, well, I will do. I will but do, do get his book. Do get his book. And all your listeners, if they're interested in Pirate Radio, they must buy Keith Skew's book. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, it's, it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you. Really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, and to you as well. I'm sorry about the phone call. No, that's all right. Um, but okay. yeah, but no, thank you ever so much, Tom, for coming on. It's been it's been fantastic, and I must say I'm very jealous of you that uh, you've been able to go through that in your life. I wish I could have experienced it. Well, not going up on yeah. the, uh, not going up on the pallet, but the rest of it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure your life is just as interesting as mine, Adrian, in the past. I don't know. I've had a lot. Don't of it, knock yourself out. I've had a lot of lot of football stories I could tell you, but uh, not pirate. Okay. Anyway, thank well, you. Well, I'm a great fan. So I'm I'm a Canaries man, so you know I'm a great oh. fan of um, Norwich City Football Club. My father, who unfortunately died when I was a little boy of five, um, I remember my father vividly. I was about three or four years of age, and he carried me on his shoulder to Carrow Road Ground in Norwich to watch a football game with Norwich City. I've never forgotten that in my life, and I've supported Norwich City ever since. Let's be having you, as she used to say. <laughs> Delia Smith. Yes, exactly. Brilliant. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have to condition myself to Yeovil Town instead, but um, we keep trying. Okay. We've got to... As a lovely, I've been to Yeovil. I went to a place in your part of the world. I mentioned it to you when we first spoke, Adrian. Um, a fabulous pub in Kilve, K-I-L-V-E. It was yeah. run by a man called Robbie. Um, I don't know if he's still there. 
But um, I had a marvellous weekend down in Kills, yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, Tom. Brilliant, brilliant stuff anyway. My pleasure. And just to invoke some more memories for Tom, we're going to finish off with Shirley Bassett. Time to call it a day They've burst your pretty balloon And taken the moon away It's time to wind up The masquerade Just make your mind up The piper must be paid The party's over The candles flicker and dim You danced and dreamed through the night it seemed to be right just being with him. Now you must wake up. All dreams must end. Take off your makeup. The party. And dream through the night It seemed to be right Just being with him Now you must wake up All dreams must end He's over It's all
Well, that was Tom Edwards in conversation with me a couple of weeks ago now, uh, having tracked him down in Norfolk. And now we're going to hear Tom Edwards out on the towers in the North Sea in action on Radio City. Stroke her hair. she said. Wouldn't it be better if we slipped into a chair? Girl, I said, if the job's worth doing, then the job's worth doing right. So settle down, because you've run aground, and there ain't no help in sight. All around the world, a boy searches for a girl, somebody to love, 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 somebody to love. Reaching eight or a minute Like the clockwork toy gone wrong Up, down, round, around, around, around And up, down, I can't take this for long Girl, I'll never leave you All I want to do is please you Cause I'll never have a love like this And I'll swear I will The memory of tonight For as long as I'll live, yeah All around the world A boy searches for a girl Somebody to love, love, love where there's been a lot of controversy about what I don't know, but uh, Neil Christian certainly has a marvellous follow-up to his first record, a number called That's Nice. Look forward to the new one from him, which you should be bringing out soon, we hope, on the strike label. 22 sound this week from Neil and his back and forth called The Crusaders, and what it's called... Oops. Dying for resin, Nicky Scott, she boom, she boom.
record is produced by a gentleman called Simon Napier Bully Esquire. Hyphenated name, yes, Kinky. And the 23 cent this week from Dan Perez and Nicky Scott. Very nice tune number that's called She Boom, She Boom, She Did. <laughs> Well, ladies and gentlemen, lads and lasses, just one and a half minutes now before news and weather together time from this tower of power, Radio City. Paul Kramer's along at 11 to tell you what's been happening in this wonderful world of us. And I'll be back. So don't go away now, will you? Radio City broadcasting on 299 meters in the medium wave band. The time? It's 11 o'clock. Radio City News, as it happens, every hour. This is Paul Kramer reporting London. The Home Secretary, Mr. Jenkins, is going to Shepherd's Bush Police Station to hear for himself about the shooting yesterday in which three policemen were killed. Scotland Yard has issued descriptions of three men that they want to interview, and every available policeman is hoping in the search. Michigan. And there's been more racial trouble here. A thousand Negro youths clashed with police in the town. The trouble flared up after fights in a dance hall. Shop windows were broken, and there was some looting before police restored order. Houston, Texas. And here a 37-year-old woman who only five days ago had an artificial heart planted in her own heart got up yesterday and went for a short walk. This is the third operation of this kind this year, but the other two were unsuccessful. Chicago. And the Beatles have been given a tremendous reception at the start of their American tour. Both the performances in Chicago were a complete sellout, and many people could not get tickets. Florida. And a new law for cat owners has been passed. All cats in the area must wear bells to warn birds of their approach. Finally, a look at the weather. In the south, there'll be rain at times today, although in the north, it'll be mainly dry. There will, however, be some sunny intervals during the afternoon in many districts. Temperatures, normal. Time check on one and a half minutes past 11 o'clock. The next news from the Tower of Power at 12 o'clock this morning. Yeah. 
Ashley died in the church and was buried along with her name. Nobody came, Father Mackenzie, wiping the dirt from his hands as he walked from the grave. No one was saved, all the lonely people. Where do they all come from? Absolutely nowhere into the city high five place at number five this week, of course, the brand new single from the Beatles, which is also uh, recorded on their Revolver LP. The Beatles there and Eleanor Rigby, of course, just one side of that double-sided hit, the other side being Yellow Submarine. And you'll be hearing that later on in the program. I do promise you that. Round about between the hours of 12, 30 and 1 o'clock, there's a promise, so don't go away. And just like to remind, of course, all you Beatley and Tony fans, you out there in Radio City listening, man, like to remind you, hope you'll be able to join me, Tom Obis, round about 5 o'clock this afternoon for the Saturday night edition of the Five. Five by Four Show, Commercial Radio's most listened to program. Go now, and of course, every week in disco music, I go there are free LPs to be won. Test your pop now, have with the pop crossword and win your favorite album. Full color feature every week, and you can qualify for another great free LP featuring the Beatles, Walkers, Dusty, Silver, The Who, Shadows, Spencer Davis, Hollies, and many other top recording artists. Pages of the latest news and pictures, plus the top 50 chart and articles by the stars. That's every week in disco music, Echo, Britain's liveliest pop weekly. Every now and then You find someone who's wrong for you And I know so well I found someone just like that too So stop that girl who don't let it get too nasty Don't let it get too nasty Don't let it get too
Chris Andrews, of course, singing his own composition because he wouldn't sing anybody else's song now, would he? That's a marvellous number of record that was released yesterday, so you can buy that one in the shops today. And I hope you will, because you want to see that one in the chance. It's called Stop That Girl. It's just 12 minutes now past the hour of 11 on this beautiful Saturday morning. You get a positive charge. Your tower of power. Turn to the old town of Motown signs for you now. It comes from the four tops, loving you is sweeter than ever. I remember yes, before we met, whichever in that antique, I had to live the life of a lonely world. I remember meeting you, discovering love that is so true, it's shared by two. Look forward to their new records. That's the one, of course, on the Tamla Motown label. Up to 37 this week, and I'm just cold. Loving you is sweeter than ever. Meet the stars. Each and every Monday evening at the Civic Hall Dunstable, where your DJs, Ed Marino and Phil J, introduce those people who are the tops in pops. So, go, go, go! To the Civic Hall Dunstable on Monday! Hey, he does go on, Donnie. Yeah. Takes all sorts of. These are the track and why do fools fall in love? 
real pretty number, this one. Phone Nebs of Basildon, Basildon 20020, for the best selection of hand and motor mowers. We give six months free after-sales breakdown insurance service with every machine. Don't let the grass grow under your feet. Phone Nebs of Basildon 20020 on Monday. Here's a real goody-good sound for you and me. On the up-and-up, Billy Ferry Esquire, number 32 sound. At 21 minutes now past the hour of 11 on this beautiful sunny Saturday morning, the number that's called Give Me Your Word.
William, a very beautiful number, and glad to see him back on the pub scene chart-wise, and he's always turning out good records. A number called Give Me a Word, place at number 32 this very weekend. Well done, laddie. I'll be alone each and every night While you're away, don't forget to saying, hope you're enjoying the program. I'm taking you through till the hour of 12 noon. At 12, we've got Mr. Phil G. Squire for you. And he's just come in your show. And of course, he's old stock of records. This is the number one sound that was last week. But it's not anymore. It's down to number seven. Comes from the Los Bravos, a number that's called Black is Black.
Travis, that's for you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and a real humdinger, that's for you. Right here on the Tommy Boys program, and another that's called, of course, Black is Black, at just 29 minutes now past the hour of 11 o'clock. Don't let the grass grow under your feet. Now is the time to phone Nebs of Basildon for your new hand or motor mower. We offer generous part exchange allowances on your old motor mower and give six months free after-sales breakdown service on all machines. Nibs stock the whole Qualcast, Suffolk and Atco ranges of hand and motor mowers and many others as well. Phone Nibs of Basildon to 0020. Seriously, folks, that is a fantastic record, isn't that marvellous? And Dave Berry, one of his biggest successes, I think, uh, since Little Things. Number three, Sam, this week from this week's City High Five. Dave Berry, well done, already, and another called Mama. Let's talk more music. Yeah, let's. Let's talk more music. The
Catchy record, yes. And my goodness, you've been out and bought that one in your thousands, you have. And that was the number one sign, of course, a couple of weeks ago. Then it went down to number two, and then from number two places down to number four this week. That Reg Presley composition, of course, with a girl like you from the Trogues. This is David Bowie, Esquire, and I dig everything.
watch out for that one first. I think you're going to be seeing it in the charts before very long. I've recorded it's released uh, this coming Friday, so uh, I want you to go out and buy that one in the charts. It's David Bowie, who brought out a record uh, at the end of last year. I can't for the life of me remember what the title of it was, but it was a good record. I think this one is even better. It's his own composition, because it's a clever lad, and it's a number called I Dig Everything. And like all good people should, they should dig Radio City. Yes! Cliff Richard Visions. Slipping down four places, I'm afraid, from last week's number ten. That Paul Ferris composition is specially written for Cliff Richard. A very beautiful number, very beautiful ballad. Number called, of course, Visions. I wonder if you remember this one, ladies and gentlemen, lads and lasses, right here on the TE show from Radio City, ahead of last year from Miss Petula Clark. Everything 
Tony Hatch composition yet once again, and that's a hit of 65. That was Radio City Golden Album, of course, and there's a number called You're the One. That's just five and a half minutes now before the hour of midday on this beautiful Saturday morning. Just like to remind you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, once again, if you'd like a record plate on the program, all you've got to do is just drop us a line. And if you'd like a photograph of all the DJs, plus a photograph of the Tower of Power, if you'd like a photograph of Eric Martin, there, and Alan Clark, there, and one of Phil J, there, and one of Paul Kramer, there. And one of Ed Marino, yes, he's all right, and uh, one of Ian McCry, and one of me, mm, no comment, uh, just drop us a line, enclosing a stamped address envelope, and you'll be sent all these photographs, and some car stickers, and all information about Radio City, absolutely free of charge, nothing to pay at all. How about that, then? So next time you drop us a line, just drop us a line to Radio City, 7 Denmark Street, London, WC2. That's Radio City, 7 Denmark Street, London, WC2. Got the message? Good on ya.
And that is the record, ladies and gentlemen, Lance and Lancers, that you really must watch out for. Take my word for it, because it's a new group on the CBS label from the Cliffs of Lavender L. That's the title of the group, and the number is called Stop. Get a ticket! No ticket needed for this station, because we provide the service free! Tom Edwards here saying, well, it's great to be back on Radio City after a week's holiday. Take things easy now. But seriously, folks, hope you've enjoyed the past two hours on this beautiful Saturday morning as much as I have. And hope you'll make a point of joining me round about 12.30 for the lunch break show. You're well good on you. In the meantime, between time, have a swinging type weekend. And keep on a listening, won't you? So it's bye-bye for now till 12.30. Ta-ta now. from Britain's Tower of Power, this is Radio City broadcasting on 299 meters in the medium wave band. The right time, it's 12 o'clock. Well, there you go. That was Tom Edwards in action on Radio City. And no, it's not 12 o'clock now, is it? Um, Hope you enjoyed that. That's basically all we've got time for this week. But obviously we'll be back next week with another session of When Pirates Rule the Airwaves. So until then, this is A.D. Hopper saying bye for now. Join us again next week. Bye-bye. When pirates ruled the airwaves, Three Valleys Radio takes you back to the early 60s to the radio revolution that took place then out in the North Sea. Over the coming weeks, we shall be bringing you the sounds of Radio Caroline, Radio London, Radio North Sea, Swing and Radio England, and many more. So together, let's keep the radio revolution alive here on Three Valleys Radio.